Blog Talk Radio. Hello, folks. This is Carl. Uh, we are going to be on on uh, the radio here on Freedomizer Radio for the next hour and a half. And uh, I will tell you, when I just signed on and got on on my iPad to this, uh, some fluky things have happened. They said the program is already in progress, so who knows? I may be cut off in 15 minutes like has happened before. I don't know. But hold on. Let me take a phone call here. All right. Can you hear? Hi there, Carl. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. We could have some some strange thing that hasn't happened to me now in about seven, eight weeks, and that is they said that the program was already in progress when I called in, and I said, oh, that's that's good. I'm, who knows? <laughs> right. Who knows? The boogeyman yeah. knows. Why don't we go <laughs> ahead and you go ahead and say a prayer, and then I will uh, – I haven't said anything up to this point, so we'll continue. All righty. So, go ahead. Yep. Father, as as we watch the, the crazy things going on in this world around us and, and the wars and rumors of wars and everything, it's we often get so taken up in what's happening that we forget to just come to you. And so... This afternoon, we, we come to you, Lord, and just ask you to, to take away all these concerns and fears of the world and bring us directly to the cross, directly to you, Lord, to Christ and to what your word has to say about what we are to do in, in case of trouble, in case of fear, in case of Anything that is going on in our, in our bodies, in our flesh, in the world, and that is only to turn to Christ, to turn to you, Lord, and rest in your loving arms, only place that we can find real peace. So that is where we come, Lord, right now, to you and to ask your Holy Spirit to give us every single word that we need to to allow us to rest in that peace. In Christ's name we pray today. Amen. Man, do we ever need that peace today. We need it more than we have since Adam and Eve. And it's going to get worse every day and the need is going to get greater. Yes. All right. We are, we are, um, last week we got one verse done. Uh, yes, we did. Yeah, we really did, and that was Romans 8, 1. But we we had, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're describing the purpose of Christ going to the cross. And this is, yes. this is going to, this, this whole thing is probably going to take, I'm going to guess, maybe another 20, 30 weeks to complete because I've got almost six pages of five, uh, of eight and a half by 11 uh, Bible verses that I've gotten from the scripture, not from a commentary, mm-hmm. 
not from listening right. to somebody on a, on radio or TV, from the scripture right. over the years, as as the yeah. the cross of Christ and the purpose of Christ going to the cross, and then how we must apply it to our lives or spend eternity in the lake of fire. It's our choice. It's nothing yeah. to argue about. It's nothing to debate about. Nothing to yell about. We've got a choice. So, yeah. we started last week with Romans 8.1, and I'm going to have you go ahead, and we did touch into verse 2. You can go ahead and read 1 and then 2, and I'm going to explain 2, and then we'll pick up on 3, which is new territory. Like I say, we, we, we spent the whole 90 minutes basically on Romans 8.1 and uh, touch 2, so... Let's go ahead and All read right. 8, 1, and 2. Give me a minute to explain 2, and then we will continue. All right. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Do you mind if I say something about that real quick? No, Carl? Raven, Raven, if I, here, let me, let me hear. You always ask that, and I'm not being critical. I know you. The do. reason I got you on here is because I want your comments. All right. It's, it's just something I sort of realized as I was no, reading ahead. this, and it has, to, it has to do with something you mentioned last week, and that is it, many of the Bibles cut the end of that last verse out, and there's something I realized, and that is many, many uh, pastors, many churches in the last, I'm going to say, 150 years no longer believe in walking according to the Spirit. They no. don't believe in the Holy Spirit, no. really. They've cut the Holy Spirit out of the church. They, they really well, only what, want God and Christ. I and, think and so I believe. They feel, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. They feel, I think that people feel the Holy Spirit it maybe does exist, but he's somewhere off in outer space somewhere uh, and visits yeah. this planet every 20 million years. They don't realize that he is continuously, continuously, until the day they die, begging them and, and, and offering free grace to repent. Right. And, and we Maybe have... Maybe they don't want to realize that. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. And we have about... I think this really happened more than 150 years ago, and, and I could go into the whys and wherefores and certain denominations, which, anyway. So, but, um, but, but they don't want to believe it because to believe that means to say, well, if I believe in the Holy Spirit, that means that I have to believe that the only people that are really Christians are those who have been saved according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have been saved by grace through faith. The Holy Spirit now indwells them, and the Holy Spirit gives them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you must believe 
the Bible from front to back and everything in between. And so it's easy, including the book of Galatians, where Paul talks about the Holy Spirit, everything. And so it's easier to just sort of say, well, you know, we can just kind of rub out that little part of the verse. So, so I, I Again, think Raven, it's easier for I, 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 Yeah. I agree with you. Let me tell you, I agree with you. But mm-hmm. then, if you preach that, I'll go back to John Corson and David Wilkerson mm-hmm. that I heard last year, both of them. And David Wilkerson has been dead for 15 years or so. And they said, right. if you preach the true gospel in your church, which you must be born again by the Holy Spirit, you're going to lose income. And that was exactly my right. words, not mine. I ain't that bright. Right, right. But, and so that's the, that's the issue right there. That's why. That's why the, the churches that are actually teaching that are like that little itty-bitty church down in Kentucky and the little tiny churches here and there. See, the, all the big churches, but let, me, let me, most of the big churches, I, I'm, I would go so far as to say 99% of them are not going to preach what we are saying right here on this radio station. And, and I'm not trying to say, oh, we're perfect. and That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying most of them will not break down the Bible uh, verse by verse and, and teach everything that comes before it and after because they're afraid to because they're afraid of losing listeners and therefore losing money, just like you just said. And that is, they're, that's they're it. Afraid. So you see, if they, but if they stress this, Raven, then people are going to get, they're going to say, well, we don't hear any teaching about the Holy Spirit, and we don't. That's right. Generally that's right. speaking, they, I'm not talking about the people who listen to us and what their church teaches. I don't even know who they are. Generally right. speaking, it just—it's the way it is. You don't. Right. You. And so, I don't. I don't think there's any re- raven. This. I don't. <laughs> this is such a spiritual battle we're in because so yeah. many of the ministries today do not talk about the the fact the Holy Spirit inspired every word and and we might. Yeah. Uh, this so is they the like the first part battle. of that verse. They like yeah. the first part of that verse. There's no more condemnation if I'm in Christ Jesus. But they don't understand what being in Christ Jesus right. really yes. means. So well, when you read the second exactly. part of that, they, okay. it, means, yeah, it means walking according to the spirit instead of according to the flesh. And they go, Okay, Wait a minute. Now, and we're going to, okay, the next okay. verse, the next verse we're going to explain how you walk yeah. according to the spirit. So, read yeah. two. All right. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, so we realize even if you're an atheist, you realize there's two laws he's talking. One is the law right. of sin and death, and one is the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Okay, yes. you got two laws. Yes. 
The law of the spirit of life is obviously what they're encouraging here and saying you can have. And this goes, this is why on, this is why this is so key to the purpose Christ died on the cross. The little key here, the little key here, folks, is a preposition in. You can have for, in, by, through, any kind of any preposition you want. But after that preposition, completing the phrase, it's always yeah. Christ. And you'll see that in the Bible in numerous places in the scripture, in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. And yeah. what that means is your faith has to be one hundred this is key people. Your faith has to be one hundred percent. In Jesus Christ and him crucified, add nothing, subtract nothing. If you add one thing to it or subtract one thing, you do not have the miraculous working of the Holy Spirit to do what? To make you free from the law of sin and death. And what is the law of sin and death? It's religion. It's preaching without Christ and him crucified being the sole purpose of everything we do every church service everything we do every song we sing every praise given every anything has got to go back to glorify jesus christ and him crucified now people will say well he wrote and him risen absolutely absolutely we know that but folks in the modern mentality of church today we are not preaching the 100% necessity and the 100% sufficiency of one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why churches are preaching. You got to add this to it. You got to add certain spiritual gifts. You got to add water baptism. You got to add good works. You got to add giving money. You've got to add random acts of kindness. This is the modern secret sense of preaching, folks, and it's going to cause people, if they don't wake up and get into their scripture, they're going to end up one day hearing the worst words that I've ever seen in my reading of the Bible in 37 years, and that is, depart from me, in Matthew 7, 23, I never knew you. Even though in Matthew 7, 22, they said, we taught in your synagogue. We healed people. Yeah. We cast out demons. Right. Raven, as you and I were saying, there's a plan going on in America and has been that I say I recognize in 1962. Yes. Or three. I think it might, it, it might have been, it was either two or three. Let's say three. Uh, I didn't realize the all-encompassing purpose of it or that it really had a, uh, a a plan, a master plan behind it. But this same mentality of a plan mm-hmm. that dumbed down the American church yeah. has worked tremendously. Pastor yeah. Rands, got it again about him. He has mm-hmm. been on Wednesday night doing a Bible study. And strangely enough, okay. he's, his whole purpose of it is, and he says, has said this over and over, and this is just in the last, since you stopped doing your Wednesday nights, I've been going to it. Oh, okay. Um, 
less than two. I was in North Carolina. I was in North Carolina for one of them, and then I had something else on another. But he says constantly, the American churches, and this is a leader. This is a man who is the head. He's the head principal of the schools, which is twelve grades, and a very thriving Baptist church. And he says, the churches have done all they can do, and I'm paraphrasing him, and the people to be Bible illiterate. That is the purpose of his wow. Wednesday nights. He says, I'm not doing this is because as a pastor, I should do Wednesday night Bible study. No. He says, and this is why he also, Raven, says that he doesn't give sermons or give stories or anything else. People in today's society, including in Toledo, Ohio, and other places, mm-hmm. they need to hear the scripture because the churches are not doing their job in giving the people the Bible education. He says, we have Christian churches today that are full of people. There, And this is his little word, Bible illiterate. illiterate. I can't even say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a spiritual battle going on in the churches, folks, and you must realize it. You must. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, I want you to go back to this verse, too, because you're going to see so much of Paul's writing. He uses the preposition in, by, through, and numerous other prepositions, and Christ after the position, which means that if your faith is not in Jesus Christ as him being 100% necessary and 100% sufficient and his death on the cross, if you don't feel that is totally necessary or totally sufficient, you are not in Christ. You are not in verse 1. You are not walking after the Spirit. You're walking after the flesh. You may not even be born again. If you're right. adding anything, if you're adding your spiritual gifts as evidence that you're born again, the manifestations of your spiritual gifts, because right. you can manifest the spiritual gift in public and 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 yeah. and not be born again. There is right. a church in our area that actually gives lessons, and they can't be the only one. They're not the Lone Ranger that gives right. lessons on how to speak in tongues. And I, oh, yeah. I'm not against, I, I believe in tongues. So, but the point, you right. can manifest spiritual gifts and not have them. You can yeah. manifest Christianese living and not be born yeah. again. Yes. So this law of the spirit of life, the key to this whole Romans 8 is in Christ Jesus. In Christ yeah. Jesus is three little words, but it is going to be the difference between uh, a born-again life, life on earth, life and death, yeah, spiritual life and death. It's the lake of fire or the new heaven and new earth. Right. All right. This is the purpose of this of the, what we're saying. Remember, where we started this a couple of weeks ago is what is the purpose of Christ going to the cross? We're giving you the purpose. But your response 
you must not only intellectually understand this, but you must now believe it. And if you believe it, you'll do what? You'll apply it to your life. You will apply to your life what you believe. Because remember, Satan knows the Bible better than any Bible teacher that has ever been around, other than maybe Paul. All right. Now, why what people did don't realize, you, you, just, you just said something, Carl. What people don't realize is that Satan is an angel. He's a fallen angel, but, he is but he's the, an he, angel. Think of this, Raven. He is the number one creation outside of God. Right. God was so he created. knows. Oh. He knows God very oh. well. Oh, Understand, I said he, uh, let me put it this way. Outside of God, there is no more knowledgeable or powerful creature in the universe. Think of that. Yes. Do you see why we must, must, must truly be looking at the cross as 100% sufficient and 100% necessary, or maybe necessary first. But then understand, it is the only thing that is 100% sufficient. None of your other good works. Again, Pastor Rand, I give him credit. He's a pastor of a pretty good-sized Southern Baptist church, and he said today again, your baptism by water does not save your soul, Christians. Yep. And I'm sure there were pill popping going on for nitroglycerin when he <laughs> said that. But it's no right, different, right. Raven, than people that go to this church out west of where you and I live, where they give lessons on how to speak in tongues. Yes. Yep. Give lessons. You got to give lessons on how to do something the Holy Spirit gives you. That that is insanity. I I, I better. Carl, I, I went to I, I went to a church. I went to a church that you're quite familiar with, uh, right over next door to the church where you and I used to go to. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that they did it. I, I know what you mean. They sure did. I went there. You mean uh, when they were the over on Alexis Road? The one that he used, yes, okay, I know who you mean. Tony is and the pastor. Same, yep. yep. Yes, same, same thing. Yep. Same thing. I did not know. That's that. when I and left. I'm not there. surprised. I'm not surprised. Yep. Yeah. And that is probably, uh-huh. as far as an individual building, the most lucrative church in in northwest part of our state. Um, no, I'll tell you what, that, that one or the one over on uh, 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 Conant? The one, the international one we've talked about that has a few um, uh, skeletons in the closet there? Uh, I don't know. Is he that big? Oh, yes, he's international. He's international didn't now. didn't know that. Yes. Yes. I happen to you mean I the man, how I found you, that you mean out, the but... man, the one whose name is uh, in, is included in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? The one that's been arrested? Yep. 
Well, that's all I say. Yeah. His name is included in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. I didn't okay. catch that at first. Yes, that's right. That's okay. Right. I, I was Sorry. thinking of another one that's got – I was thinking of another one that's in Perrysburg near where I worked, and then it has four or five other locations. It's very oh, huge and very okay. popular. Uh, oh, I, I did see. Not okay. realize, I did not realize Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was international. Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. Devastating. Yeah. All yes, right. it is. It's now, very, very, very sad. Let's yeah. get back to this. The point of the matter yeah. is why Christ went to the cross, folks, is so that we would have the ability, the Holy Spirit. Read Romans eight thirteen. The Holy Spirit All does right. this. Read, read the or if you the moment you're born again, he he does eleven. And then if you'll trust in Christ alone, meaning in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, he will work miraculously to do something in you in Romans eight thirteen. Go ahead. All right. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. By the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Okay, so see what that means? The only one who can put to death the deeds of the body or sin or sins is who? The yes. Spirit. Yes. So you understand what this is explaining, Romans 8, 2. The law of yes. the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean? Only the Holy Spirit is the one that can mortify, kill, destroy the sins of the body. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that explains Romans 8, 2. Yeah. Well, I don't have that ability. Wait a minute. Then you're saying you're not born again. Read Romans eight eleven. Uh, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. There we go. That is covering both Romans 8.2 and 8.13. So if, yeah. you want that, if you want that mortifying action of the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.2 tells us, if you want it, if, you must, you must daily approach every day and all its temptations, all its fears, all its discouragements, all its spiritual warfare, and the purpose of spiritual warfare, folks, let's be honest, is to steal, kill, and destroy each one who's a believer in their family. Not to hurt us, to kill us, right. destroy us, rub us out. That is the purpose of every demon in hell. Yes. But the only way that we can do this, folks, is by being born again. And the only way you're born again is to be in Christ Jesus. And what that means is you are, you are saved. You believe you're going to heaven only for one reason, and that is 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. If you don't believe yeah. that Christ is 100% necessary and 100% sufficient, and you add one, one word, to his necessity or his sufficiency, you are flirting 
with Romans 8.2 and then Romans 8.13 not working. See, Romans 8.2 is a valid statement if your faith is in Christ Jesus and then the Holy Spirit, if your faith is in Christ only, which is what in Christ Jesus means, then Romans 8.13 follows that he will be the one to mortify the deeds of the body. You see the bouncing ball. Yes, definitely. Because the Holy Spirit, think of this. If I believe that my salvation was based 99 and nine-tenths percent upon Jesus Christ and him crucified, and one-tenth of a percent on anything in addition or anything less. The Holy Spirit yeah. could not. He could not do Romans 8.11. He could not, not do Romans 8.13. Because if he did do it, based on I was not totally giving Jesus Christ the credit for salvation, if I had my faith in one-tenth of a percent, we could go, for those who are mathematically inclined, go away from one-tenth of percent. Heavens, that's uh, what? Uh, just a decimal point. Let's use exponents times 10 to the 3 millionth power. If you have one, one segment or fragment of a molecule, or an atom of faith in anything in addition to Christ that's necessary or sufficient for your salvation, and the Holy Spirit miraculously worked in you, he would be sanctioning idolatry. Does that make sense? Because your faith is not in Christ alone. You are not. Absolutely. He cannot do it because you are a person, as James says, of double-minded. Yes. Do you see yes. this, folks? When people, when you're hearing in the modern Christian church, and I will say it unabashedly because I don't have a church. I, 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 I've never been to Bible college or seminary. I'm not trying to get people to come to my church so they give me their 50 cents a week and not the church up the street as we used to hear in the church Raven referred to that we went to. No. I am telling you, we are not giving people what the scripture says, that you cannot add anything, even biblical things that are correct. You can't add anything to the cross of Christ. If you do, you're not going to have Romans 8.2, Romans 8.11, and Romans 8.13 working for you. You can't, because then the Holy Spirit is dealing it. The Holy Spirit is miraculously working for someone who is not totally a believer in Christ. Well, let's prove that. Oh, I believe he There's can. a verse. What's that? There's a verse that proves it. There's a verse Go that ahead. proves it. That's that's going to be Galatians um, five, yeah. verse four. Yep. Go ahead. I like that. Yep. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. What does that mean? That's what the whole book of Galatians, when you start thinking that your ability to obey the law, your ability to obey the law, has anything to do with your salvation, 
You're now what? What? What does that say? You're now fallen from grace. Yes. Christ has no effect to you. If you're saved by grace and you fall from grace, what does that sound like? Hey, speaking of that, you promised me something. Don't forget it. The not the not the words, but just the the chapter and verse and name of the verse. I'll know all the things about unconditional eternal security. Oh, I did. Let me write that down right now. Thank you. For but all I that. want is all I want is like Romans. Give me the book. Give me the chapter and the verse. I don't want you to. Yep. Copy them all. I'll look that up. Okay. But you're absolutely right. Romans five, or Galatians five four, Galatians five two, and four, five two. They use their if you in in two if you're claiming that you must be circumcised, and today we yeah. laugh at that. But today we don't laugh at being baptized by water. Or the fact that I speak in tongues. Don't let the manifestation, folks, give you any security. You're not saved by your spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gifts are only a result of true salvation. Now, once you have true salvation, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the teaching of how to speak in tongues, how to interpret, how to preach, how to teach, how to prophesy. But we can just... We've got these in Christian churches. We've got classes going on in the little town we live in. Not a town, it's a city. But it's not a major Dallas or or uh, Fort Worth or New York or, you know, Newark, New Jersey. Or and, and they're what, actually where we telling are? people. Yeah. It's, it's you know, not we're the a major. Third, it's not, we're the third largest city in the state. That's fine. I'm saying we're not in New York. We're not yeah. in L.A. We're right, not right. in Dallas. We're not in New York, right? Houston. Right. Yeah. So we're we're not yeah. big. But folks, we've got people teaching, teaching how to yeah. physically manifest the gifts of the spirit. Folks, don't do that to yourself, because then these poor people are going to be the ones in Matthew seven twenty three or twenty two. I cast out demons. I healed people. I taught in your synagogue. And Jesus is going to say on Judgment Day, the last thing you will ever hear from them in all eternity, depart from me, I never knew you. Is that what you want to put yourself through, folks? Now, people will say, oh, Carl, you're against my church, against my pastor. Hey, again, I don't even know who people are to say that is ludicrous. It's ridiculous. In fact, there's a facility right behind where you live that a lady one day who I didn't even know and she was just standing by listening in the activity room to my Bible teaching and she screamed at me you're criticizing my pastor and I said ma'am I don't even know who you are and how do I know who your pastor is see people don't want their false security busted they don't want the bubble of false security broken. And that is a spiritual war. The enemy wants you to die believing in something in addition to Jesus Christ. Because if you believe yeah. in addition or you believe in one letter less, you're an idolater. Because it's not the God of the Bible. You're an idolater. Now, people are going to say, well, you're, that's a bad, whatever. 
I'm giving you what Scripture says, and I'm giving you verses to back it up. I'm not giving you my opinion from Bible college, from sermon.com, or from a commentary I read this afternoon. Now, the purpose individually, folks, of the law. Read verse 4. This is a law of God, Raven, that we must do. We must do this. Of Romans 8. Verse 4. Yep. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So what I'm saying is we do have to obey the law. Well, you just said don't depend on law. Right. Your faith is not to be in your obeying the law. Not one ounce of your faith in that. That is a result of your truly being born again. But the matter is, this in the last two or three Sundays, Raven, has been a very difficult concept. We are to obey the law on Thursday night, too. Wait a minute. You just said that those who depend on obeying the law for righteousness are alienated from Christ and fallen from grace. Yes. The, uh, the, the, the key here is, with the law and you're obeying it, who is the object of your faith? as far as the ability to obey the law. If it is Jesus Christ and him crucified, that is biblical. If it is Jesus Christ and him crucified, plus one neutron, which I believe in the physical known world, is the smallest piece of matter in classical physics and chemistry that's mentioned as a neutron, which is not only, it's not an atom, it's the smallest particle in the nucleus of an atom. So I'm going to use the smallest, not getting into quantum mechanics or, or, or anything of that when you exceed the speed of light that Max Planck can ever talk to, to those people who study that stuff. The known classical atom that we have, the kids are taught in high school in chemistry, the classical atom of a nucleus and then electrons spinning around it in their orbits, the smallest Mm -hmm. piece of matter classical chemistry and physics talks about is a neutron. And if your Mm -hmm. faith in in, in being born again and obeying God is in one neutron, something in addition to Christ or less than Christ, you are an idolater. So we have to obey the law. It says here, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. It must be. We can't just obey God's law. But the key is, who is the object of my faith? If your object of your faith is not 100% in the necessity and the sufficiency of Christ, you folks are building a house on sand that is going to wash away. Now, Galatians Raven three. said, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say Galatians 3, 10 through 13, and then 24 and 25, say everything that you said right in Scripture. Okay. For as Make many that, people. For as but many as are of the work. this down. 
I want people yep. to write these verses down because I don't want people to think Carl's just gone off on a wild tangent and, and he's all of a sudden coming up with his new Bible. No. Go ahead. This is exactly what you just said. For as many as are of the works of the law I agree. Are, under the, are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is... What is that? This is verse 11. I'm in Galatians 3. So Galatians 3, 11. Galatians No 3. one is justified by obeying the law. Right. Good. For the just shall live by faith, verse 11. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That is verse 10 through 13. Then verse 24 and 25 says, Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we may, might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Okay. That's 24 I like and 25. This verse. I like this verse. I like this verse. I like this verse. 21. Uh, 21. Well, read verse 221 of Galatians and then 321. Okay. I do not set aside the grace. Yes, perfect. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Yes. And read then 321. Yes. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. Galatians is just so full. Galatians is just... Oh, it is. Galatians is... Galatians, uh, my opinion, if you take Romans 3 or Romans 8 and just go 1 through 6... Galatians is expounding on that in a practical application in our life. I agree. Now, I want to go back to what you said here. You said in Mm -hmm. verse 4 of Galatians 8, uh, of Romans 8, that the righteousness of the law Mm -hmm. might be fulfilled in us. We have to obey the law. But we're not capable of doing it. Now, you're going to read Romans 8, 3, where God is saying, now, this is where it appears to be a contradiction, which we know is absolute insanity. The Holy Spirit doesn't contradict himself. Even though in my Bible studies, I I notice, I know there is a tendency at times from certain people to try and look at a verse as contradicting another. Folks, if I believe that, if I believe that honestly, I would be an atheist. So what's percent? Romans 8.4 is stressing that we must be law abiders. But Romans Mm -hmm. 8.3, the Holy Spirit is saying God never gave you the ability. You see where it all goes to? Christ now. 
is 100% necessary and 100% sufficient. I want people to grasp this. I want you to read yeah. Romans 8, 4 again, people. You must fulfill the righteousness of the law, the Old Testament, every stitch of the law, every ceremonial law, every part of that law you're responsible for. But in verse 3, the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit tells you what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, meaning God never gave us the ability to obey the law. Well, then what's the answer? Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. The cross of Christ. Do you see where this comes together? Yeah, You're responsible. Absolutely. And you are. I don't care what your church, your religion, your denomination tells you. You are going to answer to God. Hebrews 9, is it 27? There's a point, a point at a time to die and then the judgment. Right then, the judgment. Yeah. You're going to answer for this. Did you obey the yeah. law? Now, the difference is, if you obeyed it on your own strength, Hebrew or Romans 8.3 tells you you couldn't do it. So you right. were ignoring God. Now you go back to yeah. Galatians 2.21. If you think you can obey the law on your own ability, you're saying Christ died for nothing. Think of how insidious teaching in churches is in some churches. Yeah. You're teaching people actually to do these things on their own, how to get better. You can't get better. Romans 8, 3, the Holy Spirit. God never gave us in the flesh. That means our ability to obey the law. But we're still responsible to obey the law. Then what's the answer? Read Romans 8, 3. Listen to this, folks, please. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You see where the 100% necessity and the 100% sufficiency of Christ going to the cross is demanded right here in these two verses? Yes. And if you don't believe that, then what you must do is you must concede that you will not have the life of the Spirit working in you in Romans eight eleven, and you will not ever mortify the deeds of the body. You won't because you haven't been given the ability to do it by God. You've been yes. given the ability by God to believe that Christ himself did it all. And then if you believe that, now the Holy Spirit, for Romans 8.13, gives the power to eradicate sin in your life. You see well, where the, everything is based on the cross and what Christ did there. First John 2.1. First John 2.1 says what you're saying. My little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And... If anyone sins, we have an advocate. An advocate is like, um, is, is like somebody who goes before a judge for you and says, wait a minute, no, it, wait a minute, it's a legal, I'm pleading legal. her case. I'm pleading his yep. case for him. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm taking care of all this for this person. With the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If, if you, but he won't plead your case. Unless you belong to him. 
the whole thing. You You must have turned your life over to him. You must be his or he will not plead your case. He's going to say, I don't know you. You don't belong to me. So he that's must first, be your advocate first, already. That, that's First John 2, 1. Now read 2, 2. Yes. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. If so they that's know back him. to what? That's the thing. Wait, that's yeah. back to what, folks? That's the back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Remember, we could go we could go into a thousand different explanations of this first John yeah. one and two. First John two right. one and two. What I'm doing is I'm going right back to what we're saying at the beginning of the program forty nine minutes ago. Yes. Why did Christ have to go to the cross? Why is that so important? Why do you now for four or five weeks batter us and yell and scream in your New York City obnoxious accent? which I should have. I don't know if I do or not. But why do you scream that the Christ alone, no other 100% necessary and sufficient, or you're an idolater? This is why I do it, folks. He is the only one who paid for our sin. And if you don't accept that, the Holy Spirit will not and cannot work in your life miraculously as he promises to do in Romans 8, 1 and 2, because he would be sanctioning idolatry. He would be sanctioning it. He'd be approving, stamp of approval. You believe believe in water baptism adds to the efficiency of the sufficiency of Christ. That's idolatry, folks, please. Yes, yes. Now, am I saying the Bible is sanctioning idolatry? Absolutely not. Because if we read the Bible, which we don't in churches, and as Pastor Lands, the pastor of the church I go to, says every Wednesday night in a Bible study, the current Christian churches have produced the people that are biblically illiterate. And this is a pastor of a major Southern Baptist church, I think major. They're a big church, and they have grade school and high school all under the auspices of that, and he is, and he is the man that says the current Christian churches have produced a people that are biblical illiterate. Not me. I ain't smart enough to think of that. Believe me. The purpose of the cross, folks, is one thing, and that is Raven. I love what you read there in First John one, or First John two, one and two. He is the propitiation. It is not him plus Carl believing in water baptism. It is not him plus Carl speaking in tongues, even though Carl is a believer in speaking in tongues. I don't have the gift, but I believe it because it's biblical. And if I don't believe that, then why believe anything else in the Bible? Right. The righteous fulfillment of law must be obeyed in us. But then you're saying, Carl, we can't do it. No, I'm not saying it. Romans 8, 3, that the Holy Spirit inspired every word is saying it. Well, then God's contradicting us. No, he isn't. Because by God's grace, he gives you the credit for being a law abider if you believe in the one who he sent, 
who obeyed every law perfectly, never disobeyed even one dietary law. He obeyed every law possible. You know, people say, what did he do for 30 years? We don't know much about him after 11, 12. No, we don't. I believe he was being tested and going through and the opportunity to obey every law. Every dietary, every law in the Torah, in the first five books of the Bible, every law, every law of repentance, every law of restoring the people which you've stolen from everything. Yes. When you believe and trust in him as 100% necessary and 100% sufficient, nothing need to be added to it. The Holy Spirit will work in you, as Raven said here in Romans 8, 2, in Romans 8, 11, and Romans 8, 13. Is that what you want, or do you want to be in lockstep with a church who is making you biblically illiterate? It is your choice, not mine. I've yeah. got my choice for me. And I will repeat it again. I've never even seen a Protestant Bible college or seminary. I've seen a Roman Catholic one. I've even been in one. I've never seen a Protestant denomination seminary that I can recall. I am reading the scripture. All right. Let's go to verse 5 in Romans 8. All right. Do you have anything yeah. else to For, add to this? Because you, you came no. up with some good verses. Okay, you did. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't have anything else to, to I, okay, cause you I, did I could, some... I, I could, but it would be the entire book of Galatians. <laughs> you well, know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just, wait, I did have something. Let me, it, it is actually in Galatians. Wait, let me add that real quick here. And that is Galatians three. I don't think I, I brought this one up. Galatians three. Oh, this, how about one through yeah. five? Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm at. Uh, actually, it's one through six. Uh, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? I, I, I mean, he straight up will say, you're foolish. You're foolish if flesh, you think that you can do anything. Yeah. Hold on. The, for the people who have not heard this before, the flesh here means dependence on your religious ability. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. All right. Um, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, just for those of you, I just want to say this real quick. Anybody who thinks that God no longer does miraculous works and that it ended in the book of Acts, just keep reading all the way through to the, I mean, it never stops, people. God Raven, will work miracles Raven, if Raven, you Raven, want him to. Hold yeah. on. The, mm-hmm. the current modern church, Raven, and this is a pastor, 
and a principal of 12, you know, in fact, it's more than 12. It's kindergarten through senior in high school, as well as the Mm -hmm. pastor of the church. He has said Mm -hmm. the modern churches have done all they can do for biblically illiterate. Yes. Yes. Well, it's not us saying it. Right. And and I want to say, Carl, that I have personally seen and know that God has worked miracles, miracles. In other words, things that there is no other explanation for in yep. my life. Now, now people could say, oh, well, I'm sure that I could come up with some explanation for it. I'm telling you there is no other explanation. There's none. Now, and me knowing the details, some of the details, I can understand. And I am a person who spent 50-something years in the business world, but from a profit loss statement, she's right. There is no human explanation. Right. There, there just isn't. There just, there just isn't. Yeah. And, and, and some of these things are things that even within me, just within myself, that I know God did it because – I'm just going to say it because I'm too doggone stubborn <laughs> to no, do it are. myself. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm I'm just yes, too doggone do stubborn. Do I know it? Raven? I am. Raven, I hold on. I not only know it. I I live that. I'm in that problem. Yeah. We're all are. That's Galatians right. five seventeen. Right. Some of these things are things that if God didn't work it in me, it wouldn't have happened. Now, some of the things are things that are external to me, okay, that I also know that he worked them because they wouldn't have happened. But it's impossible. Some of these things are impossible. They are truly physical manifestations, okay, that are miraculous. But some of these things are things that I myself would never have done if God hadn't done it in me. It's just it's just not possible. So I'm saying God still the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And if you don't believe that the miracles that he did 2,000 years ago he's, and, and 5,000 years ago that he's still doing today, I'm going to say this, shame on you. Shame on you and get into your Bible and get into prayer with God because you don't believe in the God that is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. Now, that, is that may exactly hurt a little what, bit. That, that might sting Raven, a little that's bit. Exactly, but that's exactly what Jeremy Rands is saying on Wednesday night. And he says it to the congregation of a Southern Baptist church. Yeah. Well. I know that stings a little bit, but I've had it said to me before. And, you know, sometimes that's oh, what it takes. Sting. Yeah, but sometimes that's what it takes to bring you out of your your Amen. your lukewarmness. There you go. Your lukewarmness. That's a good biblical word. Sometimes you need to be brought out of your lukewarmness. All right. I um, would say so, that that's Raven. That's the condition of the modern day church per Revelation three fourteen through seventeen. We are lukewarm. That's, why I, that's his number yep, one complaint. Yep, that's why I use the word, Carl. <laughs> that's we are too lukewarm. 
and we just want to slide through life as if, you know, it's all right. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Yep. No, we got to do it right now. Man, if any time in history would tell us anything, look around you. And I'm not talking about being political. I'm talking about, I'm talking about going out and giving the gospel to the world around you. I'm not saying you got to go to Africa or Peru. I'm saying go to your next door neighbor. Amen. Go to your family. Is it hard? Well, they don't you like, betcha. Hold on. They, they don't like me to begin with. So. Right. Well, you know, maybe we gotta maybe we gotta bring them to Christ in order for them to like us, right? Fear, We're a peculiar fear, people. Fear, fear. We're afraid. Yes. We don't believe the whole Deuteronomy book and Joshua book and Isaiah book about I have already. God says He has already conquered the enemy. We're afraid yes. of the we, consequences. And in Deuteronomy, God tells them when they're going to go to the promised land, if they'll go, do not be afraid nor be discouraged. That is the enemy's number one tool to a real Christian. Fear and discouragement. Let me tell you something, Carl. I I haven't shared this with you, but but let me tell you something. You know what I've been through with family. You know that I I went through a long time of of my my kids not talking to me. Um. I got my son back, and then he went, nope, I can't deal with this. <laughs> that, that's, you know what? That's okay. You can't handle Christ, you know? And then I have an, another daughter who came back after six years, and she's having a real hard time with this. She can't handle Christ. In fact, she will say straight to my face, don't play that Christian music around me. I don't want to hear about God, the, all this kind of stuff. And it's making her crazy. And so she is absenting herself from me again. Um, and and talking about me to my granddaughter. You know what? That's okay. It bothered me at first, but now I'm at, you know what? That's okay. It's not my job to make her like me. It's not my job uh, to make no, anybody right. like me. You're absolutely it's right. My, it's my job on this earth while I'm here to spread the gospel, to be, to be what God wants me to be. And, and, and I'm not saying be mean. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm just going to go out there and be um, uh, pompous no, and, and holier-than-thou, you know, and just constantly shove it in her face. That's not what I'm saying. But it is my job to be spirit-filled all the time. And and to not let her anger and her hatred of God sway me from the way I need to be. Mm-hmm. And I, have, I, I will say, I have allowed myself, I have allowed myself in the last few months to sort of, I'm repenting of this, because I have allowed myself in the last few months to sort of... Maybe let her, maybe, maybe not be so adamant about who I am in front of her. But I can't do that. 
God has reminded me I have to be exactly who I'm supposed to be in Christ. And, and, and so in the last few weeks, I've gone, uh-uh, nope, no more. And she doesn't like it. It's making her mad. And I don't care. I, I don't care. She can be mad if she wants to be mad. The devil can be mad all he wants to. That is okay. You know, who that, you know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit convicting her. And that's Satan making her angry. And that is okay, people. Make Satan as mad as you want to. Let the Holy Spirit, now I'm not talking about being mean, but I am saying let the Holy Spirit rise up inside of you and be the truth, be the light, be salt of the Spirit in their lives. Let Satan get as mad as he wants to get because that's the only way that we can possibly that we can possibly affect these people for Christ. We have to do it. We have to do it. Because otherwise we're going to lose. We're going to lose. We've got the Great Commission. That's what the Great Commission is. And the Great Commission does not start me going to Indonesia. It starts where? No. Right at my home, right right where I live. Well, well my, my problem is I was idolizing, I realized this, I was idolizing my granddaughter. I love my granddaughter so much. I love her. And I love my daughter. But I was worried that I was going to lose touch with my granddaughter again. Shame on me. Shame oh, on me. On I love minute. her. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I don't think you're idolizing. I think I think it's a fear of a loss. I'm... Well, it is. It is. Yeah. It is a fear of a loss. But but I can't let that come first. See, God must no, no, come no, first. No, 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 because in doing that, you may be losing her for all eternity. Right. Th- and that's yeah, my point. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Carl. And that's what See, I, what I want get. her. We got it. Go ahead. 20 years from now, she has to be able to remember, you know, that, that Gammy always stood, that's what she calls me, Gammy. Gammy always stood for the truth. Gammy always stood for Christ. So when somebody else comes along and gives her the gospel, she can remember that I was in her life and I always stood for that. Always. Just like I remember that my grandmother, when I was little, always preached the gospel to me. See, that still is in my mind. And she passed away when I was nine years old, and I will mm-hmm. never forget that. See, I, I don't even know if she was a Christian, but I know she always preached the word to me. Oh, I'll know someday. I, I, well, you, I'll you, know you someday know right. when we, I get to You're heaven. right. We don't know, Raven, but what does Jesus say? We can know them by their fruit. That's right. And someday when I get to heaven, I will know 100% for sure, right? And, yes, and, and yes. all I can do is, is allow the Holy Spirit to work in me. And this is, what, this is what Paul is saying here, you know. We must do this. We must stay in the Spirit and not allow the, the flesh to overwhelm us so that, so that we end up 
moving away from that and letting the flesh overtake us because of things that are in this world. We can't do it. Right. Right. Verse 6, just as Abraham believed, even back in the Old Testament, we think that they were all according to the law. No, verse 6, just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Even Abraham was of the faith. Don't let anyone and tell was, you wait, that, what, oh, hold on, hold on, it was one, different. One, hold on. Abraham yes. was of the faith 450 years before the law was given. Yes, yes, yes. And he was right. Not by obeying the law. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to read the first phrase in Romans 7, 4. It says it again. All right. All right. How, how, how are we dead to the power of obeying the law? Read it. Therefore, my brethren. Therefore, my brethren. So he's talking to Christians. My brethren. Yep. Also, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. Dead to the law means that we can't accomplish anything by obeying the law, but we're responsible to obey the law. Which points us to what? There's a contradiction. No, it isn't. The body of Christ that he gave up at the cross brings the two apparent contradictory statements together. You will obey the law through his power. Now, remember Paul in Galatians 5, 2, and 4 that you started on an hour ago. If you now go back to obeying the law thinking that's going to do you any good, Read Galatians 5.2. Oh, yes. Galatians 5.2. Let me get there. If you think that you're obeying the law is going to add, hold on. If you think you're obeying the law as a Christian and your strength is going to add anything to anything spiritual, what are you doing? Yep. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Nothing. Now, read 5.4. It gets even more explicit what happens. Not that I'm obeying the law. You've got to obey the law. But if your faith is in your doing it yourself rather than Christ having done it for you and given you the power, what does 5.4 say? You have become estranged from Christ, separated, in other words, Estranged is separated. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. And if you're saved by grace and you're fallen from grace, what does that sound like, folks? Don't get into any of this, any of these semantics. And it's some Carl, you're you're dependent on. So no. If you're saved by grace, Ephesians two eight, and you fall from grace, what does that sound like? Don't it's a well, yeah you've been question. you've been taken away from it you're no longer you're no longer in the grace of God which means what let's go to Hebrews 3:12 this is what Hebrews 3:12 says when you are estranged from grace you're in Hebrews 3:12 written to believers yes. written to believers yes beware brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of 
unbelief in departing from the living God. And yet, Raven, I hear constantly, I heard several times this week, if a person is not saved, it's because they never were saved. You can't possibly lose it. I didn't say they lose it. They willingly and knowingly depart from the living God because they no longer believe. If I believed you could lose your your salvation, I'd be an atheist. We're not talking about that. That's not the same thing, losing your salvation. And if it was, folks, Hebrews 3.12 and everything we're reading here, Galatians 5.2 and 4 would be contradicting the Bible. And I'm I'm not the brightest, I'm not the sharpest tool in the snap-on toolbox, but I ain't that stupid. Well, 1 Corinthians again, 15, 1 and... Yeah, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. You're right into what First Corinthians, First Corinthians, First Corinthians 15, 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you are also saved, if... Let me say that again. By which you are also saved, if you hold fast to that word, which I preach to you, unless you believe in on. vain. Go to Colossians one twenty three. Colossians, let me get there. Colossians one twenty three. Twenty three. If in, yes, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven. You can't move away from it. You can't abandon it. You can't, if you do that, if you decide not to stick with it to the end, not, if you decide that you're going to move away from it, if you decide you're not going to continue in it, you have the option of walking away. You do. That so. doesn't mean you lose it. And this is where right. I hear so much I've heard this week someone explain twice. Two yeah. people I've heard. You can't lose it. I'm not saying we're losing it. The Bible never says you lose it. It says you willingly walk away because as a right. now you can't walk away if you weren't a believer. That's gotta make sense right. logistically. Right. But how does a believer walk away? Because he falls into unbelief. He falls into believing in what? In his religious abilities. That's what the whole book of Galatians. You began as a religious believer. You began trying to obey the law. You got frustrated with it because it never gave you victory. You then searched outside of yourself, and the Holy Spirit convicted you that Jesus Christ and him crucified is the only deliverance in your faith in him 100%, the deliverance from obeying the law being your your passport to heaven. And now you're going back in Galatians. He says, why do you want to go back and do it again? Why do you want to, right. after being born in the spirit, why do you want to go back to obeying the law? And that's Galatians why? 3, verses 1 through 6. Amen. Read, you know, while right. we're getting close to the end, why don't we just, and I won't give you any other verses, read Galatians 3, 1 through 6. Let's just read them once. We don't need to explain it. The, the okay. Bible, the Holy Spirit is capable of explaining anything that I can explain. And I'm being a little yeah. cynical towards myself. Go ahead. 
Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched, bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Listen to that. That exactly says, Raven, what we said in Romans 8, 8, 2, and then in in 3 and 4. The Holy Spirit does miracles in you. Does he do it because you're obeying the law? No. It's because of your faith, the same thing that Abraham was justified. And for those who think you you obeying the law does anything in your own strength, Abraham was righteous before God 400 years before the law was given. Look up yeah. in your, look up on your phone or your iPad or your your computer. Abraham was born 350 to 400 years before Moses even was born. Noah's got the law. Yes, but we make money by by preaching good works. Good works have got to be a result. You know what? Good works have got to be a result of salvation. Read Romans eight. Rome, no, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. This is salvation. Right. Oh, it must yeah. come before good. Good works are results. Good works that yeah. God gives you to do, not Carl or your church or your pastor. Good works that God gives you to do are a demanded result of salvation. Go ahead. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And that, Raven, is the purpose of every church I've been in for 37 and a half years of doing and people bragging about their good works. You and I were at a common church recently where they would stand up at the pastor's request and everybody would clap for them. I'm not saying don't acknowledge the people who clean the restrooms. Again. Right. I I learned something two, three weeks ago. I got there on a Thursday night. You know where we have our Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I saw someone, and it was late. It was after the study, like 8, 15. And there's this young girl, I mean a young girl, like 15. Mm -hmm. And she was in both both restrooms in that building we use and cleaning them. Mm -hmm. And then right. I come out, before I went in the building, she was there with buckets, and she was on the inside and outside of every window, and she was using this squeegee and cleaning them, like the, you know, mm-hmm. the window cleaners. And then she, in right. the evening, after, the, after it got dark, sorry to get dark, after we left our Bible study at 8.15, she's in both men's and women's restrooms, and she's, she does this 
This is a full-time job after school for not only that building we're in, but the the big building, the church, which is massive. I'm not saying those people shouldn't do that. But this right. is not how you can't equate that to the finished work of Christ and your faith in that. You can't equate right. that to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, what this right. young lady is doing, what this young lady is doing is should be a result of her salvation. Now, read verse 10, which comes after salvation. Uh, hold on. Verse 10. Of for we are, yeah, for we are... For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, we're his creation. We're created in Christ. In Christ means we, we, are, we, we are born again only because of our total trust in Christ and him crucified and nothing subtract nothing. Now, right. let's go to Titus 2.11, which talks first All about right. Salvation. Titus 2.11, yes. salvation first. Not works, salvation. Yep. Let me get there. This, the is, the biblical, this is the biblical illiteracy, folks, that Pastor Rands is criticizing about the common Christian church, and they're manipulating the words. They're preaching and teaching, and I may be, I don't know that he said that, but he says we have produced Christians that are biblically illiterate. Salvation must result in your doing good works, or you may not be born again, but don't do the good works before you know you're truly born again. Have you repented? Do you see a change in your life? Well, go ahead, 2.11 of Titus. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, verse 14 is the result. And read 14 after you're saved. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good work. Before being zealous for good works, what did he do? What was the first phrase in 14? He redeemed us. Salvation yes. must come before good works, or they're not good works. They're not the works you're going to get heavenly rewards for. But we've got literally a biblically illiterate churches today, and they're giving people instructions on how to show that they have spiritual gifts. And the one thing that even if you've been a Christian in 30 seconds, I'm assuming you understand that the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, not Carl, not your church, not right. your denomination. Right. So you have to And the work that we do. Yeah. The works that we do are the Holy Spirit working in us, not us Amen. trying to prove how holy we are. Now you've just hit the you've just hit the reason why God can only accept these good works. You said the key. As a believer, it's still not my good will and my good intentions and my good works that God accepts. The works in Christ Jesus we were created before time began to do. The Holy Spirit is doing them through us. You see, Raven, right. where you hit the key, 
Even as a believer, my good works are not bad. When the little old lady from Pasadena gets out of her supercharged Super B, Chrysler, it's not wrong to help her walk across the street with her groceries or change her oil. But that is not the good works that the Holy Spirit does. The works of the Holy Spirit is so even as a believer, we must not go back and concentrate on my good works or I'll be what? I'll be going right back, Raven, to where you said in Galatians 3, 1 through 5. We're not telling people this in the church. When we're recruiting people to do free labor, which I understand we got to do, make these people understand, please, the good works that you do in church are not the rewards you're going to get in Matthew 25 when he rewards the sheep and the goats for all eternity. Right. It's the works, as yeah. you said, Raven, the Holy Spirit does in you. And you can't have yeah. those good works unless you're truly born again. The church is not yeah. teaching. And I say the church. I'm saying generally. And Pastor Rand said this about three Wednesday nights ago. And I keep thinking to myself what that lady said to me years ago. You're criticizing my church and pastor. No, I'm not. Here we got a man who has been a, a, an ordained Southern Baptist minister all his life. And he is saying that churches have produced and they'll live biblically illiterate people. We got to get away from this. Is God yep. working it? Do you even know you're saved? Write down the things that save your soul. It has nothing to do with baptism by water, accepting Jesus Christ, trusting Jesus Christ, repeating the prayer after me. It has to do everything with what? Repentance first. That was the purpose of water baptism. In fact, do me a favor. While we're on water baptism, I'm unwound up. Go to Matthew. Let's cover this. This is a good one. For people who think that you've got to be baptized for salvation, go to Matthew chapter 3. This is the only thing the Bible ever says you are baptized for. Read verse 11. 11? Yeah, there's two of them here. Read 11. No, go to 6 and then 11. 6 and 11. All right. And we're baptizing by him in the in the Jordan, confessing their sins. That is all baptism by water is ever talked about by John the Baptist. Go to verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I'm telling you, this pastor, he said it again this week. Three weeks ago, he said it again in the church sermon on his two services he does on Sunday morning to a Southern Baptist denomination, many people in the building. You're not saved by water baptism. Why do you think he's saying that? Because the current church have made people equate water baptism to the cross of Christ, and that is impossible. It doesn't even help the cross of Christ. In fact, if anything, if your faith is in that, it's the antithesis of the cross of Christ. Yeah. All right, we got to quit. We're almost to the end. Let me see. Where are we? We 
We left off in Romans, uh, and we covered good ground today. We did. We got all the way up we'll, to verse we'll five. Pick up with, we'll pick up with verse five next week. All right. Now, verse five okay. can only come into play if you've got verses one through four, four in place. Yes. Don't expect five if you're not truly born again by the Bible's definition of born again, which must demand repentance to start with. And that's here. For those people who think, uh, no, I'm not saying you think that. I want you to write Acts 20:21 and read that. Repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. No repentance of your sin. No faith in Jesus Christ. No faith in Jesus Christ. You're not born again. Well, we made it on the way to 4.30. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.